do some comprehensive testing and functional testing on yourself and start to understand more about like what your body's demands and needs and uniqueness involves and then being able to then, you know, match that up with what you need to do in terms of diet and supplementation. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim Basudin and welcome to the Chiropractor's A-Game. Let's get cracking. This podcast is all about helping chiropractors and other functional healthcare professionals to grow in mind, body, and business. This is where I'm going to be sharing my 35 years of experience, tips and strategies, as well as speaking to some of the leaders in our industry so that you have all that you need to not just survive, but thrive. And welcome, welcome, welcome. We have Dr. Jen Stagg with us tonight. I am so lucky to have her. I am so lucky to be able to teach with her. This is an amazing woman. I call her the bitter queen, which is is a good thing, not a bad thing. So Jen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to do this. All right, Jen. So we have taught together for, this is our fifth or sixth time, fifth time, I think, and sixth time coming up. You, like I said, are the bitter queen. So let's, and you're in practice in Connecticut. So tell me a little bit about your practice and how you got started. Um, my practice is a group practice and it's owned by my husband and I. So I'm a naturopathic physician and my husband is a chiropractor. So we've got like the best of both worlds. And then currently we have two other naturopathic doctors that work for us as well. So we have like a nice group. It has morphed over the years. We have had nurse practitioner. We've had other chiropractors, massage therapists. Um, psychologists. So we've done a lot of different combinations of providers. Um, but currently, like our little group is working really well. And I think we are getting ready to expand a little bit and hire another provider. Excellent. So did you start in the practice there or that was your beginning? Yeah. So it's really interesting. So my husband and I are both Canadian. He graduated a little bit before I did. So a couple of years before I did. And so he worked as an associate in Seattle while I was finishing up my medical school. And then because we're Canadian, couldn't open our own practice right away. So I graduated back in 2003 and then for a couple of years, he then worked at like a, running a satellite office for another chiropractor, a friend of ours, actually. And then we once we got green cards, we moved to Connecticut and then opened our own practice. So that was back in 2006. Now we're American citizens. You know, we've had this practice for over 15 years now. And it's been going really well. Like we have, you know, done really well in Connecticut. It's a great state for both of us in terms of scope of practice. Excellent. So I I was joking about you being the bitter queen. So give us a little kind of smattering of maybe patients that you see, how you approach a patient when they come in to see you. That's probably a better way to start. Yeah, sure. So when I see a new patient, I block out. So even logistically, I block out like a 60 minute slot for a new patient. And in Connecticut, we are as naturopathic doctors, we are licensed as specialists. So we can bill insurance. And so we're using E&M codes for those visits and we get reimbursed really well. And then some patients don't have coverage and then we're charging them a cash price So that 60 minutes is pretty well reimbursed in this state for me. 
And during that first visit, then I'm doing like a routine, you know, medical history. If it is in person, I try to transition to a lot of telehealth as a result of the pandemic. But if it is in person in my clinic, then I'm doing a physical exam on that first visit for sure. Often then I'm running lab work or ordering lab work or potentially imaging at the end of that visit and giving like a little bit of treatment advice. But a lot of it is pending that workup that I'm going to do in terms of lab and imaging evaluation. Then they come back for their follow-up visit. That's a 30-minute visit. And at that point, that second visit, we're going over the lab work and then formulating a really comprehensive treatment plan that's all, you know, addressing the root causes of whatever illness that they're experiencing. Are you using prescription medication? Yeah. So in Connecticut, naturopaths are, the scope of practice does not include prescriptions. We are trained as such. So when I trained in Washington state, we were trained as primary care providers. So we could use prescriptions and give vaccines even. But here we don't do that, which is actually pretty nice as a naturopathic doctor, because it really does force us to use those principles of, you know, nutrition and all those foundations and really focus on the therapeutic order. Many of my patients are on medications. And so we function really well as a healthcare team here as a specialist. We do have, you know, a lot of communication and involvement that will often refer to other specialists and work in combination with their primary care doctor. You know, most of our patients, we can do a really good job without even needing to use prescriptions. And then after a workup, tell me what you address in that, in that after that workup. Yeah, so definitely diet is definitely a foundational part of our treatment plan. So we're always talking about diet and it could be something that's really specific. So it could be patient who we have diagnosed them with SIBO, run a SIBO breath test, and then we're putting them on both a treatment plan that includes supplements as well as a specific diet for that. A lot of the work that we do also is putting people in healthy dietary plans to address things like autoimmune disease or weight management, losing body fat. And so then, yes, we're working on like making sure they're following a healthy macronutrient-based diet, thinking about intermittent fasting for many of those patients. That's always part of the discussion for a lot of our patients. It's interesting, though, in Connecticut, people are relatively healthy in terms of, I, I shouldn't say relatively he healthy. I would say that a lot of times there, a lot of these patients are eating pretty well. And so a lot of it is kind of tweaking diets. So sometimes it's people think they're eating really well, and then we have them track their calories and it's too high in fat, but like the fat is coming from like olive oil, right? So it might be those sort of adjustments and maybe they're not getting enough protein. So there's some of that happens, but certainly we get patients who are eating like terribly and barely eating any vegetables and we're counseling about that as well. Yeah, I see a lot of patients that come in and it's not, some of them don't have even specific health concerns other than they come in and they're like, I have all these things because I make them bring all their supplementation they're taking in. I have all these things, but I heard this on Facebook. I heard this from my neighbor. I heard this. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. I feel like a deer in headlights and help me. And a lot of the times all I'm doing is just really organizing what they have. I mean, we just, I got a, a message from one of my patients today that I worked with last week, who's a like, CrossFit gal, you know, really fit, but she's fat. 
not, yeah. not, not obese or anything, but she's carrying a lot of extra fat. And so really just kind of tweaking her macros and changing some of her food and managing some of the you know little things. And she sends me a text. She goes, I just cannot believe this. Just from what you told me, I've already lost, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I lost body fat. And I just, I can't believe that change in that. Thank you. I have so much more energy. So I, I think a lot of, in the doctors out there that are bringing nutrition in, I think they, and if they haven't, I think they're really missing out on this. And I always say ethically, I mean, we should be able to tell these patients this. And if you're not telling these patients this, you know, really, it's, it's not a good thing. You're right. Like you're doing them a disservice by not offering that information. I see you have a niche of what I see. What What is your niche of patients that you see? Yeah, I mean, it runs the gamut here for sure. But I see a lot of patients with digestive disorders, I think is really common. And I think that's just the nature of illness too, that that is a really common thing. So I'll see patients with irritable bowel, a lot of bloating, patients who are diagnosed with like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's. But I, then I also see a lot of autoimmune disease, Hashimoto's, rheumatoid arthritis, and then a lot of just like menopause, menopausal weight gain, depression, anxiety. And in many of these cases, it's, you know, certainly like multiple diagnoses, right? Do you see a lot of women compared to men? Yeah, definitely a higher proportion of women than men. I do see some men, but I think the nature of healthcare in general is that, you know, we tend to see more women. Yeah, I always say that, that men don't get anything fixed until it's falling off or has fallen off. Then they're like, oh, I better manage this. Women are like, uh, that's not going to happen again. I'm going to do whatever it takes so it doesn't happen. Right. So, exactly. yeah, that's pretty good. So talk to me about your books. You have two books. You have one, uh, what, Unzip Your Genes, and the other one is Bitter Prescription. Prescription. So talk to me about the un Unzip Your Genes. Yeah. So Unzip Your Genes was my first book and it was based around genomic testing. So wellness testing to look at genes associated with eating behaviors, genes associated with nutrient metabolism, with macronutrients, um, exercise. So a full comprehensive panel. And so I wrote that back um, that book was published in 2016, and I had started doing that genomic work maybe 2014 and really saw amazing, amazing results with that. So that was sort of that concept of putting it out there that a lot of people thought like, okay, you can't, you know, your genetics and your inherited predispositions, there's nothing you can do about it was kind of like the thought that a lot of people still think. And I really wanted to educate people that lifestyle matters a lot and that there's a ton of science on how you actually can change your gene expression. And that's what that book is all about. Bringing back to the genes. So what kind of genomic testing do you do in your office? Yeah, is there a particular so, company you use? Yeah. So that back when I was doing that, when I first started doing that for years, we were using Pathway Fit as our main test. And that was a company called Pathway Genomics. They went defunct two years ago, maybe now. And so now I'm working with another company that we are bringing to market a new and improved version, basically, of Pathway Fit. So there's some other tests like that on the market, but this is going to have all of the tests that I did before and then updated genes and additional genes, some of the ones that are around like stress and oxidative stress, cardiac health. So it'll be a really good profile. We're hoping that will come to market this fall. So fall of 2023. And you're, um, are you working directly with that? 
Yeah, I'm a scientific advisor for that company. And no, that's awesome. The genes, yeah. yeah. I, I feel so honored. You're such a brainiac. <laughs> I'm just well, the one that makes the jokes when we teach. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's funny. No, but I mean, I picked out the genes that I went on the panel, but there right. are really smart people who are putting together, like, obviously all the technology behind it and doing all the annotations and looking at all the research. All right, yeah. Alice, what about the bitter prescription? Yeah. So then the bitter prescription was a follow-up and it was really because I didn't have enough like time or space or focus in that book to really talk about, okay, well, what should people really be focusing on in terms of eating? And so the bitter prescription is basically a couple of different tenants. So first of all, it's kind of like what we talked about. The bitter prescription is you have to eat less food as you age. So that's kind of the bitter truth. Um, and a lot of people don't want to hear that, right? It's still calories do matter. And people love to see these diets of like, okay, go keto and you can eat as much as you want. No, you can't. Like you still have to control for calories. It does matter what those calories are, but you still like need to control for calories. So that's part of it. And the other part then is about bitter components and bitter receptors, basically. So all the phytochemicals that are in great nutritious foods how they bind our bitter receptors all throughout the body and how that influences our overall health, digestive health, cardiac health. You know, there's bitter receptors even in our brain. And then the third part of it is about in terms of bitter is like bitter feelings and how bitter emotions affect our health as well. Well, when we talk bitter, we talk about oriental science or I mean, uh, like acupuncture, that kind of medicine talks about the liver as being anger so okay. let's talk about liver let's talk about toxicity what, what, what you do for your toxicity yeah so i mean that's a huge huge issue so definitely like routine we offer a group cleanses and then even like in between obviously as i'm working with patients individually i'm often recommending a metabolic detoxification for them and many people need ongoing support so a lot of those patients not only just do a, you know, a 28 day cleanse or, you know, two week cleanse, then they're also extending their cleanse or some of these patients are so toxic that you kind of have to take baby steps and put them on, you know, milk thistle to start or support liver and gallbladder function. So that's a, a common, common thing that we see. And then even in terms of testing, many of our patients just routinely with Quest, I would order heavy metal panel on them. I mean, that's, only part of the picture, obviously, but our world is full of toxins. So everybody really needs to be supporting their liver health. Yeah, I always tease that I have a, a koozie for uh, for beer that says your liver is evil, and you must punish it. So I do, you know, the same I do a, a 21 day in the beginning of the year, and then we do a three day reset three times a year. But I, what I find is when I use something like milk thistle, I mean, it almost it pushes them into phase one, but it kind of holds them there. Wow. So I find that just using something like Spanish black radish, um, you know, I use Santa Process as well. So I, the SP Cleanse has that Spanish black, black radish, really key for, you know, making that phase one, push it into that phase two. Because if somebody's really toxic, I find that milk thistle just kind of makes them a little, uh, it makes them sick. They're not sick. They're getting, the toxins are really coming out. Right. It is like it's a potent herb. It's thought of as a liver tonic. But yes, some of these patients that are really toxic 
and maybe have genetic issues with how they metabolize anyway and detoxify through the liver. It's all about balance. And so for many of those, those patients, I'm often like they'll go on there, you know, have done a more intensive cleanse phase. And then once they go off it, they start feeling poorly again. That's often a sign that they need ongoing support. And so then I might often have those patients on just a daily shake that's part of their routine. So they're not necessarily doing the full cleanse. They're having that like a SP detox shake as their like daily, like morning shake, but then also has the protein in there. As practitioners, that's where it's really important for us to do is to be able to educate patients. Patients are there. I mean, they're coming in already having a lot of knowledge. It may not be correct knowledge. It may be Dr. Google knowledge, but they're coming in with a lot of, they've done their homework before they come in. And I see that often that, that they're coming in, taking these really powerful herbs and you ask them why they're taking that. Well, I read about it and I thought it would be good for me. And I'm like, half these things you're taking, you don't even need, even need. let's figure out what you actually need. And I think that's where, as practitioners, we it's really important for us to to be able to educate the patient, to guide them. If I always carry supplementation in my office because, number one, once they leave the office, they're going to forget to go pick it up anyway. Or number two, they're going to not, not know where to get it and go to their local grocery store or you know big box place and get the cheapest thing they can get, which is just wasting their money. So to me, carrying supplementation in the office so I can at least get that in their hands before they walk out the door. You know, getting it in the mouth is another thing, but at least they've already committed and you know, they got skin in the game because they've purchased the product and they have it in their hands. Uh, how yeah. do you find that with your patients? Oh, I totally agree. And we do have like a full dispensary in our office and patients are often like, oh, they're, you know, at first they're kind of like wondering if it's a new patient and you're starting to talk about supplements they're already, the wheels are turning. They're like, where am I going to get this stuff? And then, then when you tell them you have it all here, it's like, oh, okay, that's great. That's one less thing for them to do. It's actually convenient and helpful. So it's a good service to have for patients that it's all one-stop shopping. Uh, but then obviously you're guaranteeing they're getting the best quality because we know how much quality is an issue in the entire supplement industry. Exactly. So what does your ideal patient look like? I think in terms of some of the things that get me excited now when a patient comes in, you know, I'm always happy, you know, because I see such a wide variety of cases, but I'm happy to see these patients who are now coming in and they're looking for prevention, right? That they're not really dealing with a lot, like maybe a couple little mild symptoms, but they're also like, okay, well, I just want to stay healthy. And I know there are things that I could be doing and they're seeing all this stuff online and they're not really sure what to believe and what is right for them. I love seeing those patients because they're, you know, obviously they're motivated. They really want to, you know, take their health into their own hands. And I really love to see that those types of patients. Yeah, I think that healthy aging, longevity really are key, especially for patients in my age range, and I'm sure in your age range as well. But, you know, we want to, how can we live longer? I mean, classically, I see patients, you know, I've been in practice 30 years, so I see patients that have gone through a lot of different things. And I see patients that work really hard to retire, and then they spend the next year, you know, they didn't take care of themselves, they spend the next 20 years in chronic disease. So I think patients see their family members do that or their you know, moms and dads and they don't want any part of that. They want to, they know there's a better way. 
And I think women are much more mindful that way and are more willing to do what it takes to make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree with that. And I also, you know, I do see patients who have maybe a significant health challenge that they're dealing with and, but they also are already stating like, okay, I want to deal with this, but I'm also interested in like, once we move through this issue that I do want to get into dealing with making sure I'm on the right supplements and eating the right diet so they can optimize their health and well-being, you know, moving forward long term. So that's nice to see. And I think I, I see more and more of that. I like, especially since the COVID pandemic, I think that's really gotten people thinking long term about like wanting to be more resilient, right? Yeah, they. I think they understood that the people that had the comorbidities were more likely not to survive or have more serious symptoms than they the people that didn't so i think yeah they, you know that the, the longevity um also immune system support and things like that we're kind of on a trend down here where i'll get a mom in and then well my son has this and my daughter has this and my dad has this and we're getting a lot of you know so once they've get, gotten in and are being managed then the whole family gets involved which has really really been wonderful yeah, that's awesome. I always love when I see full like families coming on board. That's great. A family that takes supplements together stays together. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> so, so tell me some things you do to take care of you. Yeah, because I'm a big one on practicing what you preach. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So obviously, like you know, I love great food and healthy eating. So I'm always making. I have three kids, so that. It motivates me to make sure they're eating well is at home too. So all about the food for sure. I think that's fundamental. Managing stress is really key as well. So, you know, making sure I take time for myself and doing things that bring me joy and like, you know, getting out you know, physical activity, getting outside, going for walks, doing yoga. I love to garden. Like I often say it's like soul gardening or spiritual gardening. So I really love that because it blends like obviously you're doing physical activity, you're outside, and then there's so much creativity in gardening. So I love to how that all like blends together. So those are some of the big things. And then just, you know, making sure that challenges every day for sure, but trying to be mindful of living in the moment and looking back and like reflecting on the day of like what were the best times during the day when I felt my best. And often they're like really like simple little moments, right? That's cool. Yeah, I think I always try to instruct patients or coach patients and like, this is taking so long. I'm like, it took you a while to get there and, and you have to move forward and you just can't, you don't drive looking in the rear view mirror. You have to look ahead. You can glance there, remember where you were, but you got to look fo focused in your present and where you want to go. So that's, yeah. that's really good. All right. So let's, cause we could talk all night. Yeah. <laughs> we already know this. Um, yes. so, so give me, so some advice for practitioners that are either already doing nutrition or bringing nutrition into their their realm. Give me some advice. I like to do three things. I, I always work in that three things. That's about what people can remember. So give me three yeah. things that, that Dr. Jen Stagg would advise. Yeah. Well, I would say like in terms of, you know, we already talked about cleanses and detoxes. I think that's like a foundational thing to do. So if you're bringing nutrition on in your practice or you already have and you've never done a cleanse, you really should do it or any sort of like 
specialized medical diet that you're suggesting for patients, you should know how that feels. So I would say do a cleanse, take the time out. It you know makes a big difference. It'll make you feel better, but then you're also going to know exactly what people are experiencing as they go through it and you know how much time is involved, all of that. So I think that that's a key thing for each practitioner to make sure they've at least done a cleanse, right? I think education is extremely important. So the more, the better. And we know where to get really good education. Exactly. So Um, just bringing that point, you know, we were in the pandemic and we had all these webinars we were doing. And I know when I've done webinars before uh, watching webinars, I'm doing 30 other things. Yep. And I think there's a lot of value in going to in-person events. I just, I can't stress that enough because I always, even if I'm teaching and I'm at an event, I always pick one thing up I can take back to the office. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the last time we were together in Denver, we were having this conversation at a table at lunch with some of the attendees and, you know, and I often have this conversation because people are so excited now to be back in person doing education and they block out that time and they're there and they're present. And of course you're learning, you can learn during the actual presentations, but you're also just learning from some of these conversations with other doctors, healthcare providers that you're sitting with, like during the lectures, from the questions, from these, you know, breaks and lunches, the in-person, you know, just doesn't compare nothing compares to in-person. So I agree, like, absolutely. Get, get like, plan out on your calendar when to go. Like, most providers need to have continuing education and make it a goal to go and do some of this stuff, like, all of it, really, at your required CEs in person. Go find someplace fun. It's, it's you can write it off, take the family, let them play. You, you, you have to, you can't play. Yeah. A little bit. All right, number three. Number three, I would say to... We probably do some comprehensive testing and functional testing on yourself and start to understand more about like what your body's demands and needs and uniqueness involves and then being able to then, you know, match that up with what you need to do in terms of diet and supplementation. You know, a lot of providers are like looking all of at all of these labs and their patients, but it's important to do some of this stuff on yourself and it makes a big difference, right? When you know what your susceptibilities are, or, you know, what's happening in terms of your metabolism. So I'd say those are my like big three. Definite practice what you preach. If you're not willing to take, if you're on a protocol, and I even say, you know, if you can do the studies on yourself, but I always say, reach out to another practitioner and say, hey, do work up on me. If you're getting a protocol together and it's overwhelming, think about how you feel. I just gently titer patients into that because otherwise they're just, it's too hard. They're not going to do it at all. So that's really, really, really mindfulness of that taking, doing the comprehensive study. So Jen, I just, we get to see each other in a couple of weeks and I'm excited. We get to teach our, we're on our five city tour this year on the gut microbiome. So I really appreciate you taking the time. I will see you soon. And thank you so much. Oh, thanks so much. It's such a pleasure.